0: grumpy old geeks a weekly talk show hosted by brian schulmeister and jason de filippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame welcome to grumpy old geeks i'm jason de filippo And
1: I'm Brian Gelmeister.
0: We got a little follow-up. This is a great link that uh, I saw all over the place, but Raf was the first person to send it in and said, just an epic takedown of NFTs. I wish everyone watched this. You can skip one hour straight to the NFT segment. Uh, It's about 50 minutes, I think, to the NFT segment, but the whole thing is worth watching, and it's called The Problem with NFTs by Folding Ideas on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, do not skip one hour straight to the NFT segment. I actually, this should be shown in schools. Uh, This should be... (laughs) We should clockwork orange all the people that are hexagoning their uh, Twitter profiles with their NFTs and force them to watch this. Um, It's good. Um, It's really good. It's really good. It, it It is a nice takedown of how the... Game is stacked against us and has been for a long time by the powers that be and the powers with money and how uh, basically, unless you start with the money, you're not going to make the money. These these are all grifts and they're all scams. And it starts with the housing and the banking and it goes on from there. And uh, I haven't even finished it yet, but I intend to tonight. It's phenomenal.
0: It's really good. Yeah, it's a little over two hours long. I watched the whole thing and it is well, well worth it. Uh, there are much worse ways to spend two hours of your day, I got to say.
1: Yeah. And you will uh, never purchase an NFT once you've done that or get involved in crypto. In fact, it's actually making, I'm just waiting for another little up because, you know, Bitcoin's been up and down. And when it's up, I'm selling, I'm out. You're not going to buy the dip, man? Buy the dip? Nope. I'm completely done. You know, because I, I, you and I have a pretty good technical understanding and, and we've got, we've certainly felt the same way that this guy has pointed out how things actually work. But I didn't really know how things worked until I watched this. And now that I really know how they work, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Stay the hell away. Stay yep. the hell away. In the news.
0: Well, if there is anything to be learned this week, it's that Agit Pai has definitely left the building. Uh, the new FCC <laughs> he took chair, his
1: big mug with him. He took his big
0: mug and went back to the playground. Uh, the new FCC chair plans to block exclusive deals that limit ISP choice in apartments. Now, I don't know if you've run into this because you haven't lived in an apartment in quite some well, time, I, you have lived
1: in a condo. so I, And I did run into this. Uh, okay. I did run into this. The, the condo board made a deal with Spectrum and uh, wired up the entire place for basically at a super, super low cost. But it meant that part of the condo bylines was now you had to have Spectrum. You did not have a choice. So you could not use AT&T Fiber even if you wanted to? Nope. Well, the FCC
0: is going to say no to that in the future, hopefully. Uh, They're going to be voting on it soon. But they are definitely going to prohibit providers from entering into what they call graduated revenue sharing agreements or exclusive revenue sharing agreements uh, with the building owners. So that would be a good thing. And this Mm -hmm. is for uh, apartment buildings, multi-tenant buildings, and uh, office buildings as well. So I hope this goes through because, you know, we've got so little choice right now. For it's broadband. basically
1: a monopoly anyways, depending yeah. on where you live. I mean, for all intents and purposes.
0: Yeah, I think here we've got a duopoly. We've got ATT and and then we've got Spectrum and that's it. Those are mm-hmm. your choices, buddy.
1: Yeah, so that's a good thing. Uh, related to our uh, follow-up, uh, I found this great article over at Slate. Uh, Bitcoin is just a crappy tech stock now. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. So it's a really interesting uh, read. It's talking, you know, obviously everything's... The crypto crash is happening right now. The markets have lost more than... And I hesitate to say markets. Yeah. scam, (laughs) the grift has lost more than $1.3 trillion in value, which is roughly the worth of all outstanding federal student debt, just kind of. Works out that way, and it's a reminder of why it's never worked as a regular currency, despite the vast resources that have been spent trying to make it catch on that would be the rich trying to get richer trying to get you to buy into this crap um you know and it, it gets into everything that we've talked about no regulation no it's not pegged to anything it's not stable it is it basically will go up if elon musk farts that's that's bitcoin End and Bitcoin so, yeah yeah, and all of these so and it gets into it, and I really like the last paragraph. All of this raises an important question about Bitcoin. What exactly is it supposed to be good for? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, the whole article basically says, well, at first it was going to be a hedge against inflation, but it didn't work out that way. It's not working. It's, it's inflation is still very much with us, even though Bitcoin and all the other cyber currencies are in retreat. So it didn't work for that. The only answer that still stands, crime. Yeah. That's it. Ransomware <laughs>
0: baby. It's really good for ransomware. Yep. And, and it's not cont- even that good for that anymore. At least Bitcoin isn't. You know, yeah, they can follow really the trail pretty well.
1: Yeah. So so there you go. And uh, the Facebook-backed DM Association may be close to dissolving. I I heard about this. We reported that this was never going to happen when it was announced. We reported that it was going to die as soon as uh, Libra changed its names and people started pulling out. And now it's basically done. They're uh, reportedly weighing a sale of its assets as a way to return capital to its investor members, to which my question is, what assets...
0: Uh, they did create some code. They did write some code. They do have engineers, so they're trying to find a home for the engineers as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but they they were working on their own, you know, their own blockchain. So they yeah. did write some some of their own proprietary stuff. And uh, I think they have to say that because of all the money that they got in, yes, <laughs> you know, lots. They have to, and lots. <laughs> yeah, they have to show some work, you know. Otherwise, it's just like thanks for all your money. Piss off.
1: Yeah. And then Barrett also sent in this related story from the what could possibly go wrong files. In fact, it's even in the title of the article. Steve Bannon is a key player to new cryptocurrency. What could go wrong? (laughs) Uh, This is basically I mean, I talk about jump the shark moment. I mean, this is they're basically just coming out and saying we're scamming you uh, right up front. But mm-hmm. I guess that's the whole MAGA thing anyways. Uh, so, of course, it is called uh, Fuck Joe Biden. Uh, sorry, dollar sign FJB, which is what it stands for. That's what he's announced on his War Room podcast, Mr. Bannon. And hey, hang a- on, hang
0: on, hang on real mm-hmm. quick. But I yeah. want to show you, this is how short-sighted these grifts are. Mm-hmm. So uh, Joe Biden's supposed to be in office for, what, three more years? Uh-huh. So this this entire currency that they're rolling out, are they going to plan a rebrand later? If if the Trumpster comes back in office, this just shows you how how you know turn and burn these things are. It's like this is just for the now. This is locking into the, you know, just the insanity of his base to get them to yeah. buy something. And it's then milk and in walk the base. Away yeah. He, and pull he's rug. calling <laughs> it the
1: he's calling it the currency for the MAGA movement and uh the other guy involved, Epstein. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Close name there. Different spelling, but called investment in the coin a primal political scream for the deplorables. So I guess they're now trying to uh, take back the deplorable mantle and own it for themselves. I should just call well, the coin that then. All they're really trying to own, these two guys are trying to own uh, MAGA's money. That's it. Mm-hmm. So don't do it, people. Yeah, no. And it's even built in. Like, again, they're not even trying to hide anything. It is built into the operation and how this coin works that if you buy it as an individual, you do not get to sell, but they get to sell. What? And they've already gotten complaints (laughs) that transactions have been frozen from people that have bought it that want you can't sell it. It's built into the thing. There are constraints in terms of how you can sell, but not for the owners. Apparently, nobody watched Squid Coin. <laughs> this one I thought was
0: pretty funny. Experts are ringing alarms about Elon Musk's brain implants. Now,
1: they could have left out implants and I would have agreed. With that <laughs>
0: headline. Got you right there. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who has just come off of a traumatic brain injury that was really tiny, you know, inside of inside of his mm-hmm. brain, actually putting anything in there right now terrifies the ever living shit out of me.
1: Yeah, we don't really understand the brain. Nope. We we have kind nope. of rough ideas of general areas that may be involved in this or that, but really, you're you're just gonna open up your brain and shove stuff in.
0: Yeah, not smart. Not <laughs> smart at all. I mean, yeah, if you've got nothing to lose, give it a shot. But if any healthy person ever did this, then they, they need a lobotomy. Because well, I mean, they're gonna get one, obviously. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Elon, for your lobotomy and your tunnel and all the other fun things that you've given us. But yeah, they they just need to back the hell off of this. They really need to back off. It's right. You know, it's just it's it's like the tunnel. It's not thought out because you look at that <laughs> tunnel. All it takes is one fire in that tunnel, and it is just the worst disaster that Vegas has ever seen. Yeah, you know, it's it's just waiting to happen. It is, and so is this.
1: And speaking of things that aren't thought out very well, uh, hat tip to Christopher and Booby, who both sent in this link. Um, this is Autonomous Car Users Not Legally Accountable Call. So this is the Law Commissions for England and Wales and Scotland who have decided to take a look at something that is not very well thought out and make some recommendations in terms of autonomous cars and accountability. And they are basically proposing that if anything goes wrong, the company behind the driving system should be responsible rather than the driver.
0: Uh, Elon Musk will be your accountability buddy.
1: That's good. So if this were ever to actually become law and enforce, guess who's gonna stop making odd guess who's gonna stop claiming that he has self driving capacity? Because yep. then he would now be responsible for it. <laughs> rebrand, so, rebrand, rebrand, rebrand. Yes, rebrand. Uh <laughs> you actually have to drive this. It just kinda helps a little yep. bit. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Level two. Level two. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, A user in charge cannot be prosecuted for offenses arising directly from the driving tasks, such as dangerous driving, speeding, or running a red light, but remains responsible for other tasks, including insurance and checking people are wearing seatbelts. Some vehicles may be allowed to drive themselves with no one in the driving seat and the licensed operator responsible for overseeing the journey. Data to understand fault and liability following a collision must be accessible and sanctions for car makers who fail to reveal how their systems work. That black box, thing that we're yeah. talking about. So all of this eminently sensible and uh, precautions that should be listened to. Yeah. They won't be. No, I mean, they're, they're going to fight back
0: on this, but I think that, <laughs> I mean, we've had this discussion, you know, probably seven six, seven years ago, which is who is responsible, mm-hmm. you know? Is it the software designer? Is it the car manufacturer? You know, if the software is outsourced, is the outsourcing division the one that's responsible? Is the driver responsible? Who is going to actually take responsibility when these things kill people? They're already killing people, but, you know, that's yes. why this, they're trying to... Ow, damn. <laughs> Watch out for that... Uh, you got that I, brain I,
1: implant going on, I don't do you?
0: have that brain implant. I also have a cup holder on my desk that I forgot was there. <laughs> ow, damn it. <laughs> Yeah. We'll have that in absent doodads, my new uh, rubber padded coffee holder.
1: Fuck, yeah, that maybe hurts. rethinking that purchase given what just happened.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm glad that they're you know getting ahead of it finally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I use air quotes for getting ahead of it because these yeah. things are obviously on well, the road. Well, this is just as, a
1: task force that just made some recommendations. It's nothing else. So
0: Oh, well, yeah. bummer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And speaking of cars that have already killed people, Dan has sent this in. The Tesla driver is facing felony charges in that fatal crash which involved autopilot. This is back in 2019. Uh, He's becoming the first driver believed to face felony charges in a fatal crash while that type of driver assistance software was activated, according to news reports. Um, yeah. So not these recommendations did not come in time for this guy, who's going to face, uh, face some time, probably, for uh, using a fully self-driving air quotes system that isn't and the thing that really terrifies me about this is you and i've been talking about this for years and i've always been of the position that it needs to be an all or nothing everything out there is autopilot or nothing is because the combination is true madness and dangerous the national highway traffic safety administration estimates tesla autopilot is available on over over three quarters of a million vehicles out there right now and how many does it work on none none (laughs) none (laughs) not a one Nay, nay, nay. Okay. <laughs> good times. Uh, in other news, TikTok stars are butthurt because, unsurprisingly, they're not making a lot of money on somebody else's platform.
0: Yeah, this is a... Um, <laughs> the interesting thing about this, I was reading this in another uh, another place that covered it that did a pretty good deep dive on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the TikTok fund that they have out there yeah. is just garbage. It's really yeah. garbage. Yeah. Uh, compare, when you compare it to other other places like YouTube... Yeah. Uh, where people actually make a decent amount of money on it. Uh, TikTok is just, yeah, it's garbage. You got, you got to make money on your own sponsorship deals if you want to make money on TikTok is yeah. the, the long and the short.
1: But to all the whiny TikTok stars complaining about not making any money, all the musicians over on Spotify said, hold my beer. Yes, that's <laughs> true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, you know, we we actually have like, you know, uh, careers and longevity and we've been around for years and we're not making a damn cent either. So uh, in other Spotify news, I saw this uh, was breaking this week. Neil Young has come out and basically said, uh, you know what, Spotify, Uh, Joe Rogan or me? You don't get both. Uh, No more vaccine misinformation. You're going to keep that crap up, uh, take off all my music. And Spotify said, okay. Okay. We yeah, will. he's
0: he's really going to miss that dollar thirty six
1: a month that was coming actually to him. he was making pretty decent money, believe it or not, on Spotify. I mean, really, he's a major artist, and even even my mom is listening to streaming music these days, not CDs. So that's that's the only place to get the money, and uh, he was getting money, so he's going to be losing quite a bit uh, on that. So we'll see. I I I follow the Eve Six guy on Twitter. I think I talked about him a few months ago because he's become quite hilarious on there. And I loved his tweet about this: a supposed music platform just chose a podcaster with two brain cells over one of the greatest living songwriters.
0: Yeah, that sums it up. You
1: need to know about Spotify. (laughs) Yeah, well, they they follow the money. They follow follow the money. money. Yes, their job. Uh, Google is testing a new replacement for third-party cookies. Uh, Again? Well, I mean, I kind of, I don't mind this idea, actually. It's called, they're going with the name right now, Topics API. It relies on the Chrome browser to determine a list of top five topics a user is interested in based on their surfing history. It will then determine which topics are, uh, what the topics are by comparing known websites you visit against a list of about 350 topics drawn from the Interactive Advertising Bureau and Google's own data. And uh, basically, it will ping browser for that data and serve relevant ads based on that. Uh, They will say, this is where it gets shady because we've heard such things from Google before. Google says topics are kept for only three weeks and old topics are deleted. Bullshit. Uh, The data and processing happen on your device without involvement of any external servers, including Google servers. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> so in theory, I don't mind this idea as an advertising model that tracks me. I, I wouldn't even block it if it's just comparing 350 topics based on sites I go around to visit. I'm fine with that. That wouldn't bother me. It's all the other stuff that I don't kind of believe in them.
0: Yeah, Same. it's. I mean, just ask the the attorneys general who just filed the four lawsuits this week about yeah. Google not not uh, turning off location tracking when they said yeah. they were. So. Google does
1: not do what they say they're going to do. Uh, we we've known that. So yeah,
0: that don't be evil crowd has left a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, they've all cashed out and live on their islands mm-hmm. now. So.
1: Yep, yeah. And in uh, supercomputing news that won't really affect any of us much, uh, Meta has completed the first phase of a new AI supercomputer once the AI Research Supercluster, or RISC, mm. <laughs> yes. is fully built out later this year. The company believes it will be the fastest AI supercomputer on the planet, capable of performing at nearly five exaflops of mixed precision compute and capable of putting on legs... To people in the metaverse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I forget what podcast I was listening to the other day, and it was pretty funny because they were talking about infrastructure. And they're mm-hmm. like, uh, guys, this, even if, even if the technology were here, you know, tomorrow for the metaverse, which it won't be for another decade, mm-hmm. uh, the pipes can't handle it. You know, yeah. we barely made it through the zoom apocalypse, So <laughs> you want to have like fully, you know, immersive, interactive 3D worlds with everybody wandering around without their pants. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, that ain't going to happen. So nobody's even thought about that stuff yet.
1: Well, in case you're wondering how well Meta is at building out things and if their AI supercomputer is going to be great or not, here's another story. Uh, Meta's free internet is costing people money in developing countries. Yes, Meta wanted to do a good thing and provide free internet service in developing countries, but unfortunately, their programming sucks balls because they can't do anything right, and it's led to unwanted charges for users, according to documents obtained by whistleblower Francis Haugen and shared with the Wall Street Journal. So they've been basically... Pumping in things like paid features into their free mode. And so people click on it and then they have to pay for them.
0: Okay. Now now I mean now we're saying Meta's free internet. Uh aren't they aren't they going to claim that, hey, that's when we were Facebook, man. That's Facebook, we're, not That's meta. Facebook. That's not Meta. Don't yeah. don't drag us. We're, into we're their the no-legs people. Exactly. Not the, not the
1: charging people too much stuff.
0: Those people had pants. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. One more time, that's joindeletem dot com slash GOG with code GOG at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting energized to the mellow chill, and I must say, each provided a unique enjoyable high— My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower in convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy moods offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com code gog this episode is brought to you by delete me today i want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming on this show we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there we're talking home addresses contact details and even information about your family if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy you're definitely not alone that's why i need to tell you about delete me It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering DeleteMe was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people, fueled by their beliefs, can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. DeleteMe works tirelessly to safeguard your data. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to ten devices at the same time. Go to gog.show/vpn and sign up today for a limited time only. You can get our favorite VPN for just two dollars and sixty nine cents a month when you sign up for two years. Gog.show/vpn. That's gog.show/vpn.
1: Media Candy.
0: Brian, I've been watching a new show that I thought was pretty interesting. It is called The Beforeners, or just okay. right. Uh It's Norwegian. In, uh, it, it's kind of, the way I describe it is, do you remember the movie and uh, subsequent TV show Alien Nation? Uh, vaguely, yes. Okay, yes. well, this is kind of the same damn thing as Alien Nation, except al- instead of aliens coming from outer space, people from the past have been invading the future, And you you have people from three distinct timelines. You have like prehistoric, you have Victorian, and you have Vikings. And it's. Please uh, tell
1: me that they brought Phil Hartman's caveman lawyer into this. No, no, no. (laughs) Damn. Uh it is, uh, you know, it is in
0: Norwegian. Okay. Uh, so it's dubbed. I, I listen to the dubbed version because I can't read that well. But there's a lot of it you still have to read. But my, mm-hmm. you know, my soggy brain <laughs> has a hard time with it. So I'm going through it slowly. But it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. It's clever. Uh, it, it's, it's more clever if you've never seen Alien Nation. But if right. you've seen Alien Nation, you're like, oh, uh, yeah, that's the same one. I recommend okay. the movie, the old Alien Nation movie. It's got Mandy Patinkin as the the alien. It's good stuff. And James Kahn is the cop. Mm. Highly recommended, uh are you an Ozark watcher? I am not oh man, you're missing out missing That's out what people tell me yep, uh, Ozark just finished uh the first half of the final season, and uh yeah i'm kind of kind of bummed that now I have to wait but uh, All right. yeah i'm still i'm I'm even more annoyed that uh the opening scene is not resolved in the cliffhanger for the damn first part, so nobody knows what the <laughs> fuck's going on. Uh, right just annoying just annoying but uh good as always very good okay. as always
1: well jason much like icarus himself i think i flew too far to the sun with this one <laughs> jason uh i i was swayed by my my enjoyment of of loki and then of course of uh what's what's the other one with hawkeye the, the hawkeye so i was like wow this marvel stuff isn't so bad and I was looking for something to watch after a particularly long week, and I had Disney open because it was open and it was pushing the Eternals at me. And I watched Brian, 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 the Brian, Brian. <laughs> and I you I have now swung back the other way, and I will never watch anything Marvel ever again. Because okay. that was such a steaming pile of crap. I didn't care about anyone at all. The, mov- the, the plot was dumb what what the hell what what was that that i watched jason i
0: don't know i've read enough about it that i know that i don't want to watch it so. yeah don't yeah no plans no plans. wow
1: i mean uh, wow I, <laughs> that good well it got it, it was so bad i couldn't stop watching i was like i oh. have to fin- i have to finish this i have to see Will they, will they redeem any aspect of this whatsoever? Spoiler alert, they don't. I heard it was very woke. I guess. I don't okay. know. It was, it was very
0: dumb. That's what it was. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you say tomato. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I talked a couple of weeks back, or maybe even just last week, Time Has No Meaning Anymore, about a show on, I guess, Netflix Canada here because you couldn't find it. Jason, I couldn't get uh, it. Called yeah. Salvation. It was done in 2017. Um, And I finished it. It it ran two seasons. Uh, I'm not going to spoiler alert it. Uh, It it ends on a bit of a twist that you could see coming somewhere around the middle of season two. Uh, It was... If you got nothing else... (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to watch it based on that alone. (laughs) If you got nothing else to watch, it's not bad. Um, Okay. Some of the acting is good. Some of the acting is atrocious. Uh, you got the feeling, especially like the first season was actually pretty good. I liked the first season. The second season, you felt like they picked up the beginner's guide to writing dystopia and just kind of went through the, the the list and like, have we have we put this in yet? Nope, we haven't put that in. All right, let's add that. Okay, what else could possibly go wrong to these people? What else could we possibly throw into this gigantic stew of shit? Let's add that. That hasn't happened yet. I mean, everything happened. At first, I was like, <laughs> holy shit, they almost predicted the coup that That happened here, and they predicted the pandemic that happened here. But then I just realized they're throwing in everything that could destroy the world at once. So, of course, they're going to be predicting everything. (laughs) Ah, well. (laughs) But, eh, you know, I finished it, it was fine. Okay. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Seth wrote in. You all should check this out. It's right up your alley. He uses two Star Trek films to explain why modern movies suck. And this is a thing over at YouTube. Why modern movies suck? They're destroying our heroes by the critical drinker. And I actually, uh,
0: I actually screwed up the title on this one. This is, I think, uh, they're destroying our heroes is the second one in oh, the series that's right. that that's I watched. The, the first one was uh, like uh, children are writing our movies or something like yes, that.
1: Yes, yes, and they were both fantastic. I oh did my watch god, both as well. Uh, I've got to say, just uh, just as a side note here, I have avoided watching anything that anybody sent me on YouTube for approximately 15 years. And for this episode, I watched two things that people sent us on YouTube for some total of almost three plus hours. I know, so I, I watched
0: I... a lot too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've really made up my YouTube uh, link viewing time this, uh, this week for like the last 10 years. Uh, these were fantastic. The only problem I have with them is the guy's diction. Like, I, the the accent doesn't bother me. The voice he's trying to write it in, this kind of edgy, kind of funny thing is is fine. But there's something weird with his diction. Like, it doesn't track all the time. It's almost like he did really bad edits where he was going to say something else, and I don't know what was going on with that. His nom de plume funny. is the
0: critical drinker. Well,
1: he didn't sound drunk.
0: He didn't sound drunk. No, he didn't sound drunk. He's got like 1.7 million subscribers, so he's doing okay. Uh, I didn't watch. Yeah, yeah, no (laughs) shit. I watched the Matrix Resurrection uh, video that he did, and I was Mm -hmm. I was just falling out of my bed laughing. It was so good. I'm definitely going to watch more from this guy. He's 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 really good. Guy.
1: Yeah, I bookmarked this guy, and I bookmarked the other guy that did the first one at the beginning because they both seem pretty good viewing. So.
0: Brian, Brian, subscribe and follow. Subscribe and follow. Press the yep. button below. Uh, Press the button
1: book, below. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a bookmark and forget guy. <laughs> Same here.
0: <laughs> Ups and doodads.
1: So, Brian, I mentioned uh,
0: on a previous show that, like I said, you know, to your previous comment, who <laughs> whenever, knows when the, that, that show that was. <laughs> was? Who knows when that was? Uh, that I got the new uh, M1 iPad Pro 12.9 inch and that it had mm-hmm. the most beautiful screen in the world. And uh, I always love putting my paper-like screen protectors on there because they're really nice to draw on, and I think they look really good. But I I ran into a conundrum. Should I paper-like or should I not? So I got them in the mail, and fortunately when you buy paper-like, you get two. So I put the first one on, had it off in about 30 seconds. (laughs) It is is hands down such a beautiful screen that I just cannot cover it up. I don't care if it's, you know, unprotected. But uh, it was to that that uh, that case that I went to Amazon and I found the ESR Rebound magnetic case compatible with iPad Pro 12.9 inch 2021 slash 2020 5th slash 4th generation comma smart case with magnetic attachment comma auto sleep slash wake comma pencil to support comma and trifold stand dash black for $25.99. Okay. I, I had one of these for my old iPad Pro. It is... The cheapest, best, uh, lightweight case that you can get, I think, mm-hmm. uh, gets the job done. And uh, it does have a little flap to kind of protect the pencil. I immediately cut that off because it's annoying. But right. uh, otherwise, these things are great. So, um, And then the other time, it's in the Magic Keyboard. But if you want to just take it around and read email on it, it's much nicer to be able to hold it, you know, in uh, portrait mode, which you can't really do on the the Magic Keyboard. Mm-hmm. I also picked up the Yosai. I don't know. Is that Y-O-A-S-S-I? Yes, Yes, Uh, 360-degree rotatable heavy-duty iPad tripod mount, comma, universal clamping tablet holder, brake-resistant anti-wobble iPad tripod holder adapter, fits iPad Pro, 9.7, 10.5, 11, 12.9 iPad, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, (laughs) Mini Air. (laughs) (laughs) They're just getting it all in there. I picked up this little bad boy for $19.87, and I got this because uh, I can put it on a—then I I can put my iPad on a GorillaPod and -hmm. have it sit there, and I can use the fancy new Rode Go 2 mic that I got last week and use it as an actual uh, video calling setup, and it sounds great. That microphone sounds awesome, by the way. Uh, I did some tests with it last week, and it does sound really good for the 99 bucks. Mm -hmm. Really, really nice. Cool. But— uh, since I can't really do any of the things that I want to do with all of the crap that I just told you about, because I, I'm stuck on the couch trying to recover from my stroke most of the time, I bought the Akufa uh, X Large Electric Heating Pad for back pain and cramp relief, 17 by 33 inch, king size, six heat settings, auto shut off, ultra soft heat pad with moist and dry heat therapy options, blue. I cannot find the moist and dry heat therapy options, but it was $42.49 and it is the best heating pad that you will ever buy. It is so big. You can lay on it. It gets your whole back and it gets up to like the tippy top of your head. I'm six feet tall. So it goes mm-hmm. from the, you know, like the back of my head all the way down to my butt. And you can just wrap your neck in it and your shoulders. Oh, it's so good.
1: Yeah. Adding to cart. My wife loves this short of, sort of stuff. So, uh, Dude, it, yeah, I just I, it's on the couch. So,
0: you know, I basically my, my back only lasts for a little bit. Because for some reason, when you have a stroke, you can't feel a lot of things. So bad posture and all sorts of other ailments creep in. So by about 1030 in the morning, my back hurts so bad I can't even stand up. So this thing has come in really handy. Excellent. I'm
1: bookmarking that. And I want to throw in a little something for the AMSR crowd. Moist.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) Uh, fortunately, I have a filter that will fix that. Moist. Uh, Stop it. Stop it. I found a new app called the Pestle Kitchen Companion. Did you check mm-hmm. this app out? I did. looks cool. I bought the... Uh, they have a pro-lifetime $5 launch sale going on right now, so I picked that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works really good. You just throw a URL at it, and it grabs the recipe from the website, puts it into a readable format with nutrition information, which is the most important part for me. And uh, I was just... Important the question,
1: are, Jason. Does it read the half-hour story before the recipe.
0: Thank God, no. Damn. It does not. <laughs> it just slaps it in and gives you step-by-step instructions. Okay. Uh, I, would, I would like a little better um, integration with New York Times Cooking, just me personally, since I have yeah. that. Because um, the great part is now I can just put all my recipes in there so when my New York Times Cooking subscription expires, I'll have plenty <laughs> of recipes that I don't have to renew. You think. It rips it out as soon as your subscription ends. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but, yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty good for uh, five bucks for Lifetime. Right. Well, we know what that means. <laughs> so. yes, I, know. I know, and, by the way, Lifetime, I finally, after almost 10 years, uh, my Google grandfathered in apps uh, program, you know, mm-hmm. like when they first started doing, doing Gmail and Google Apps, you could get the free account, and then I was grandfathered in for 10 years. They finally, finally said, "Nah, we're done, guys. You have to, <laughs> you you've got a couple months, and then you gotta like you know pay up or get out." I was oh, like, "Oh yeah. man, yep. it's hard to hard to be mad at them. I
1: mean, I got ten years of free Gmail and everything else. It's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I again, I don't know if we're just getting old or everything is just starting to go around again, or we're t- stuck in a time loop. Uh, Twitter has got a new experimental feature. They're calling it Flock. Didn't they have a feature they called Flock already? No, there was a browser called Flock that Chris Messina did a while ago. That was like a uh,
0: a social browser. Oh, they were Fleets before Fleets. Yeah, that was it. Yes, Fleets the temporary yeah. tweets. Right. Fleets took
1: right. the sheets and uh... yeah, Fleets hit the sheets, and now we got Flock. So we're yeah. fucked.
0: <laughs> okay. uh,
1: this is just a dumb idea. Um, it's a feature that will give you a way to blast tweets that can only be seen by the friends you choose. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Yep, it I, does. I I configuring I it sounds like a pain in the ass. <laughs> Using yeah. it sounds like a pain in the ass. Not even sure why you need it. Yeah, that sounds really stupid. Okay, there you go. And uh my USB C hub died. Didn't really die, but I was noticing like all of a sudden the USB ports weren't charging really well. Things weren't settling in right. Sometimes the power cord wasn't going great with my hub. Sometimes it worked fine. Sometimes it didn't. So I was like, okay, this thing's on its way out. Again, can't be mad at it. Probably had it for six years worked fine for a long time but it was time to get a new one so i got the anchor usb-c hub for macbook power expand direct 7 into usb-c adapter compatible with thunderbolt 3 usb-c port 100 watt power delivery 4k hdmi usb-c and two usb-a data ports sd and micro sd card reader Uh, i had a much smaller version before that basically just had power and um you know uh hdmi and uh two USB ports because that's all I really needed, but since I'm not really taking this to work anymore and this isn't even my work computer, I figured might as well have everything available to me since no ports, so did it, and uh, it's a little bit bigger, but it's still the same color and, you know, just looks like a Frankenstein bolt but does the job.
0: Yeah, mine's a little bigger than that one. I've got the Zmooping (laughs) from uh, ZMU, 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 I, P, N, G, Zmooping. Uh, it's basically the same type of thing, but mine has a ethernet port on it, which is actually handy because I'm plugged in the ethernet. Yeah.
1: And I figured this is probably the last one I'll ever need because if I do buy another Mac, it'll actually have ports.
0: So, well, the funny thing is, um, I've got one of the Macs with ports on it and I'm still using it because right. what it is, what it makes it easy to do switch stations. Ah, you just yeah. basically gotcha. walk up, plug, plug in the Frankenbolt and, uh, you're off to the races and you still have a free USB-C port on the other side along with HDMI and that, all that stuff. so Cool. It, I mean, for me, it just makes switching super easy, just going from, you know, station to station. I don't know how many stations you use. Just two. There you go. At the library. Ooh.
1: I see that neither of us returned to Termination Shock by Neil Stevenson this week. Oh, fuck that book.
0: <laughs> I just, I, I have no desire to go back to
1: it. I just don't i 'm struggling with it too i 'm going to now because I finished the the nonsense that I was reading, but let 's get into it.
0: All right. I finished aftermath by Lavar Burton. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I give it a b minus for the ending. Um, I like the characters. The thing is, it, of course, ends on a, you know, not, not so much a cliffhanger, but the setup for the rest of the two-part series. But when I did some research on it, it looked like he wrote this in 1997 and just released it. So wow. that makes me think, Olavar oh, ain't getting back to this one anytime soon. <laughs> uh, so we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, it was okay. You know, it, it was okay. Okay. That's all I'm going to give it. I like the character development. I did not like the ending very much. That's all okay. I'm going to say. And I am reading Stronger After Stroke, third edition, your roadmap to recovery. I am reading this it, instead of reading the Termination Shock by <laughs> Neal Stephenson, because this is more, you know, obviously more up my alley right now, but uh, fantastic book. If you know anybody that's had a stroke or, 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 planning on or are you one, planning on having one, <laughs> pick this up and have it in your nightstand. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd have started reading this right away. Uh, this seems to be the de facto uh, book on mm-hmm. stroke recovery. And unfortunately, the guy that wrote it just died recently. Um, that's how I found out about it. He was on one of the stroke, uh, the stroke cast that I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some really good information in here. Uh, it's really helpful. Like I said, I wish I'd have had it right when I had the stroke, because there are some things you're supposed to do right when you have a stroke that I didn't do. And some things you're definitely not supposed to do that I did. So that tracks. Yeah. Which is why I'm on week six or I'm on week five and a half now of recovery. And, uh, uh, somebody pointed out to me like, dude, minimum three months before you're supposed to be anywhere near normal. And, uh, the problem is that time just moves so differently Mm -hmm. right now. It feels like it's been a year or three and a half hours. It's, it's impossible to tell because you know, Dane Bramage.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So I've been forced now to, uh, when I'm not, uh, absolutely positively doing the minimum exercise i've been ordered by everybody to sit on my ass and not do anything and watch tv good idea i'm okay with now i've come to grips with it so maybe i'll get back to termination shock
1: maybe me too maybe uh i was looking for anything to read that I've just been so out of it and not into reading recently. And I didn't want another, I didn't want crapper sci-fi. I didn't want anything too heavy. I was just, I just needed, I I, I needed a brain cleanse. Uh, and I had been talking about music with a couple old friends recently, like old, old friends, like high school friends. And uh, somebody recommended a book. So I was like, okay, sure, why not? I'll, I'll go read a book about uh, some musicians that I've always loved. So I picked up Stripped, Depeche Mode by Jonathan Miller. Now, Jonathan Miller is a fan, and he basically just collected things that had been published and from various magazines. And there's an awful lot out there about this band. They've been around a long time. So it starts from the very beginning, you know, them as kids, where they grew up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the formation of the band in the very early 80s and taps out around, I don't know, 2005, 2006, something like that. Uh, there was a lot in there that I didn't know. There was a lot of, especially the infighting and the breakups and who left the band and when they left. And Dave Gahan's pretty publicized, but not quite as this gets really into his problems and his near-death experiences and his issues with drugs and all that. And basically, the these guys partied harder than fucking Led Zeppelin, let me tell you. Um it was it was an interesting book. It is it is uh, if I didn't get it digitally, it would be about seven feet tall because it's a long book. But thankfully, you can skip over most of it because uh, for some reason, you know, I guess trying to be a completist and showing his fan chops or something like that anytime they released an album he goes through an excruciating detail every single version of that album that was released if it came out on DVD oh god and then every single single and Depeche Mode has probably released 7000 singles over the years and every track that's on every version of every single that came out in every single uh, this one came out in Latvia this one came out in Russia this one came out in Germany so you know at the end of every album release chapter you can basically skip about a hundred pages because there's no need to read all that stuff the other weird thing that he did and I I mean I it's it's a choice uh, Vincent Clark, who is one of the founder of Depeche mode uh, left after the first album and he was the principal songwriter then Martin Gore took over and then they drafted in Alan Wilder whatever you know he left after the first album we're talking like 1983 or 82. Or something like that. And then he went on to form Yazoo. And then he went on to form Erasure. Even though this is a book about Depeche Mode, uh, we learned everything about Erasure and Yazoo as well because he kept going back to Vincent Clark's career. I'm like, he left Depeche Mode. Not part of the band anymore. 20 plus years. You're writing 20 plus years about Erasure. This is a book about Depeche Mode. Anyways, whatever. It was fine. It did the job. (laughs) I read a book. I kind of enjoyed it. Fine.
0: Okay, your review of the book feels like it was longer than the book. So
1: if no. the book is, that's what I mean. That's, just, that's, the, that's just the forward. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> I think I'll pass on that one. Well, you're not a huge Depeche Mode fan. It's fine. No, not really. Not really. Security? Ha! We're joined again, as always, by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. Welcome back, Dave.
2: Hello. Good to be back. Good to be back. Hope you're uh, continuing to be on the mend there, Jason. You're in my thoughts regularly.
0: Yeah, uh, Well, working on it, working on it. <laughs> um, yeah. Getting there. Yep. Slowly
2: but yeah. surely. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you.
1: So keep your you chin know, up. You know, I know we have got impending war and all that soon, but let's talk about the important stuff so far. Uh, the best episode so far, of the book of Boba Fett, had zero percent Boba Fett in it. And while we're at it, I've yet to see a book.
2: True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. When we, we, we finished up uh, last night's episode, my son Jack turned to me and he said, that was an awesome episode. It was great. I said, yeah, it was a really really <laughs> good episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it really was.
2: Yeah, it was great. Yeah.
0: I got a question before we get into the, the episode. You guys were mentioning a sound effect in the previous week's episode that, that got you all excited. I watched mm-hmm. the previous episode right before I watched the new one last night and I missed it. What was it? Uh,
2: it was the um, what is it? The sonic. Uh, what's the name of the weapon, Brian? Do you remember? It's, uh, a, it's like a sonic weapon. It, it's the thing that goes. Bow! Yeah, they they in, used it extensively
1: uh, in the Mandalorian. Okay, yeah. yeah, got it. So we knew it was coming. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, Brandon D. sent in something for you, Dave. Fantastic, reasonable preparation. Wait wait wait, 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 oh, wait, we're wait, gonna, wait, wait. Sorry, we're wait, not wait, done wait, with Boba Fett wait, We're dropping the no, lead. Sorry, sorry. No, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, no, we're not no, done no, no, with no. The
2: Mandalorian yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm curious where we're going with this. I, I think, Uh, first of all, I don't think we're going to see Mando uh, on – Boba Fett show till maybe the last episode. I think we're gonna have maybe a big boss. Yeah. We're gonna have a big boss battle, yep. and Mando and his his uh, island of misfit Mandalorians are gonna swoop in at the last minute to to help out. That's what I think is gonna happen.
0: Well, remember he's gonna go see Grogu, who is hanging out with a bunch of Jedi. So maybe we'll maybe he'll bring back some Jedi to help out. Well,
1: I don't think we're gonna see be. that on camera. Uh, I think that is Mandalorian yeah. season three. Oh, exactly. Okay.
2: Yeah. Exactly. That's what I think yeah. too. And I wonder, is he going to learn how to use the Darksaber from Mr. Luke Skywalker himself? Yes.
1: Mm, could be. Yeah. Which means an awful yeah. lot of CGI done poorly or casting. Because yeah. I, I don't think yeah. we can have yeah. we can't have Luke Skywalker as an actual major character with that CGI. We're gonna actually have to recast him, which I, I would I would welcome the recasting of the original Star Wars characters. I'd be okay Mm -hmm. with
2: that. I saw someone point out that uh, the the part in this episode where Mando gets pulled over by the two state troopers in X-Wings, that one of those two actors uh, is the actor who played Luke Skywalker in the Mando episode. He was the the body for Luke Skywalker. And
1: then the the Asian gentleman is actually a well-known actor as well who starred in Kim's Convenience, a show I – Dearly loved, and he's been in a bunch of things, so he's he's uh, mm-hmm. been back and forth a lot. So it was always nice to see him. Uh, yeah, it was it was by far the best episode of Book of Boba Fett, no doubt about it. I, I was yeah, I was riveted. <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, all you got to do is take Boba Fett out of it, and it's great. <laughs> Well,
2: and it just felt like Star Wars. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're just doing a great job. And and I, I also uh, first time that I think I've been excited to see a callback to the prequels with that uh, fighter. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. It you actually know? made that fighter cool. All you had to do again, th- the best Star Wars universe is grungy and beat up. You take that shiny ship from the prequels and you smash it around and add thirty years, and all of a sudden it's cool again.
2: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I also like uh the part where uh Amy Sedaris's character um talks about modifying it so it doesn't have an astromech droid anymore. Hmm, I wonder who's gonna be in that little bubble back there. I wonder. I wonder, wonder,
1: I wonder, wonder who who who's gonna be there. back there.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in his cute little chain mail. Yes, because there's uh, there's
1: no point in pointing <laughs> that out unless it's going to be used down the road. <laughs> right. Screenwriting one oh one, yes.
2: Yeah. So yeah, lots to look forward to. I, I think uh this crew is is killing it with Mando. Just makes me want Mando all that much more. Yep. Uh and Boba Fett's fun. It's fine. It's fine. But Mando's really the the, the one to watch right now, I think. Yeah,
1: and they've they've definitely set up the entire next season. We know that uh you know, Starbuck is coming back as as her Mandalorian character. Oh, There's yeah. gonna be some battling there <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh and we're going to see yep. Grogu, and I, there's no way they can avoid Luke Skywalker. Like, you can't—once you threw him into the mix and you know Mando's going to go back to Grogu, there's no avoiding Luke. So we'll see what they do. Well, maybe Luke just dropped him off, you know?
0: <laughs> He's like, hey, I got the kid. I'm going to drop him off at the babysitters and then head back out into the universe and do my Jedi thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Just to save on CGI. Right. Yes. <laughs> you see, like the episode. Oh, he! You just missed him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He ran to. He ran to Seven Eleven. He'll be back in a minute. He went to, went to get a pack of smokes. He went to Toshi uh, Station. Exactly. You know.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <Yep. laughs> Yeah. yeah, just mm. missed him. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> okay, so Brandon D. writes in Fantastical, re- Fantastic Reasonable Prepper Website Recommendation, The Prepared, theprepared.com. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not checked this out, but uh, these continue I to did. come in for you, Dave. <laughs> so
0: people
2: are looking out yeah, for you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, Jason, what do you make of this?
0: Okay, so I checked it out. Here's the thing that I'm trying to avoid with uh, you, Dave, is the prepper thing really is a slippery slope because once you start it's really hard to stop if yes, you, it's that's the that's the thing I'm trying to save you from. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would love to get into this a little bit more, but it's like everybody starts off with the basic gear you have to have, and then and then you know you're you're getting your bug out bag prepared for your different things. You got your maps, all that, and then the next thing you know, you have a hundred thousand dollar sprinter van with zombie guards on it <laughs> and flamethrowers.
2: Right, right, right. There's a there's a rhino bar on the front just in yeah. case and you can run across a T Rex while you're out and about.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the prepper progression that I'm trying to to save you from. Have Uh, have a generator, have some food, call it a day. Well, Well, and and have have an exit plan. You want to have an exit plan just in case you have to go because on the East Coast there, uh, you do have hurricanes and you may need to leave sometimes or from where you're at, you know, God only knows with the NSA down Mm -hmm. the road. Uh, It's always good to have, you know, a backup plan with paper maps and two routes out of where you're at. Um, But the best thing to do is just prepare to stay in. You know, stay in, have enough stuff for two weeks for everybody in your house and the pets. Never forget the pets. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you have that, you can ride out just about anything. And the other thing that almost nobody talks about on these is community. Get to know your neighbors well and have prep buddies in your neighborhood. If only there were apps to get to know
1: your neighbors really well. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: (laughs) You know, uh, so there were – a couple years back, there was a movement in my community um, to start uh, neighbors sort of having databases with each other of saying, you know, I have these resources. I have these resources, you know, just for these sorts of things in in preparation for – and they were talking about for natural disasters, things like hurricanes or tornadoes and those sorts of things, which we do get around here. Mm -hmm. Floods. But um Would you
0: like to know why that's a terrible idea?
2: Well, because then everybody knows who's got what, what you pit, got.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like here's a, here's what I've got. I've got a twelve gauge and no supplies, right. but now I know where all the supplies are.
2: Right. Right. I've got a twelve gauge and a rottweiler. Have <laughs> <Yeah. at> it.
0: <laughs> that's it. It's all you need.
2: Well, so I have a confession uh to make. Um I I took delivery of a generator this week.
1: Okay. Excellent. Good. Good. That's a good thing to have. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And have you run it yet? Gun. I ordered a gun.
0: Ooh. Okay. I thought you already had I a gun. Ordered...
2: Well, I have a real gun, but I ordered a, the gun you have, Jason. The the, paint the pepper spray. Yep. i Ordered
1: the pepper spray gun. The... That's a nice thing to have. That's actually a really good good yeah. idea. Yeah. I got to see if I can actually have that here in Canada. I think they just give you a beaver, but I got to check. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah people have been killed by
2: beavers beavers are <laughs> so someone described a beaver as uh, 20 pounds of muscle and razor sharp teeth uh, <laughs> also described Don't some of my first
1: girlfriends yeah <laughs> yeah there you go
0: there you go Oh, man. But, you know, I
2: I had the conversation with my wife. Uh, I said, you know, before I order this, I think this is a, you know, this is a conversation. This is one of those mutual conversations. Yes, it is. It is something one
1: should not do by oneself if married. Right.
2: Yes. (laughs) Or one will not be married much longer. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
2: So I said, this is what I'm thinking. I said, you know, Jason uh, has recommended this one. I've seen the videos of it. And there's this nice kit that they sell. And. Uh, before I pull the trigger on this, I, I think I, I'm, you know, as we've had talked about here before, I prefer non-lethal weapons. Um, I'm sure the people in our audience who are at this point laughing at me and calling me every, um, you know, if, pussy. If, and if cock you and all don't all that have a dark stuff, saber, you have nothing. Yeah. Well, here's the funny. I do, he, I do have a dark saber, but <laughs> I said to my wife, uh, <laughs> "Are you okay with this?"
0: And she said, "Can you order two? There you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so she's on board awesome
0: okay and and in the almost nine years we've been doing the show i've talked about that mm-hmm. that paintball gun multiple times i've never gotten any pushback from anybody so you should yeah. uh, you should be safe for the emails uh, i do recommend uh picking up the pvc rounds because they're yeah. solid PVC. They're called riot rounds or practice rounds, if you want to call it, whatever you want. <laughs> but they, okay. uh, they uh, are badass. You don't want to shoot anybody in the face with those unless they are in your house without an invitation. Then I highly okay. recommend that. Or if you have a coyote in your yard, you can shoot those. Um, you can also do uh, get multiple clips and do what I do and do uh, aggression stacking clips. First clip is three rounds of paintballs just to, you know, let them know that I have something that is coming at them fast. Second second stage in the clip is the PVC rounds and then the final two bullets are the uh, uh the pepper spray rounds. And then the other clips oh, are see. just the other clips are just uh all pepper spray or all uh, PVC rounds. Yeah, but, but the clip that I keep in the in the gun is just a, uh, has an escalation of force set in it. And, so and you try can, to uh, keep track build
1: up to it. as if, if you've been drinking a few Miller Highlifes and you've shot off the paint rounds <laughs> just for fun that you did yeah. that. Um.
2: Right. right. <laughs> you're like it, Dirty Harry, yeah. you
1: know, do you feel mm. lucky, punk? Do you? <laughs> and what one should always do, even if you're not buying a real gun, obviously go do gun training even just with these because um aim is important and difficult.
0: Well, the nice thing about yeah. these is you can do them you can practice in the backyard. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but 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 so I still feel funny about it. Yeah right i still I feel as though I have just sort of you know how like you're not know, really uh like a, one of those long fun water slides, and you start off at the top and you just sort of nudge yourself forward like you you sort of you know snail walk using your butt to get <laughs> over the edge to start moving <laughs> yeah that's how I feel where I am right now. I've just started down the water slide of uh, prepping. And away we go. You've
1: gotten ahead of me. I mean, I have been hearing about Jason talk about this non-lethal thing for years, and I just have been uh, unable to metaphorically or literally pull the trigger on getting it just because I feel like I'm taking a step in a direction that I cannot turn back from.
0: Right. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a paintball gun, guys. Don't think too, Don't think about it too much.
1: Come on. As, as he talks about his his uh, increased stack of lethality as he goes through his clips. Well, and <laughs> a, no,
0: it's right, not lethality. Right. It's an escalation of force. But you know, right.
1: the final the final round are filled with
2: hydrochloric acid. Yeah. <laughs> and these are my plutonium right. tipped Ther, thermite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. These are filled with thermite. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might. But well,
1: get it. you've done it now, Dave. I I feel remiss if I if I'm left out at this point. I I guess I should look into this. Send me the link when you get a chance, Jason. Okay. Yeah, all and, the cool uh,
0: kids
2: are doing it, Brian. All the cool kids are doing it. I mean, you know, yeah. and us. The,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of moose that run around here. For the, so. uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's moose. Pro- it's moose uh, repellent. <laughs> I was going to say moose mm-hmm. propellant. That's just farts. <laughs>
1: it's uh, a good name for a beer, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right all right moving on flesh jervis who has probably my favorite name of all time wrote in hey guys a faculty member asked me about using a vpn outside of the u.s and i recommended pia but then he asked if he could still be traced via cloud services like icloud drive or google sync i didn't have an answer ready for him do you know the deets now off the top of my head he should be fine correct anything that goes in the pipe can't be traced right yeah <laughs> Um. Long pause. So I
2: included a link here. Well, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no absolute. Yes, there's no absolute sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes, I would say overall you're good. Um, I included a link here to a nice uh, fact about VPNs, and I like this paragraph. It says Think of a VPN as a large movie theater multiplex, and the movies screened inside are the websites you can visit through the VPN's private tunnel. The parking lot is the unsecured worldwide web of servers, including those used by your internet provider, those run by hackers and uh, government agencies. Hackers may be hanging out in the parking lot to watch you go into the movie theater, but they can't follow you in, so they have no idea which movies i.e. websites you're seeing whether you buy popcorn i.e. download content i think that's a pretty good metaphor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah. i think what i wonder is uh would icloud drive or google sync be the equivalent of making a phone call from inside the movie theater
0: i believe right? so yeah i mean they're still they're not going to have your ip address in your location They'll still have no, the but VPNs, gonna, but they'll know that you're connecting, and they'll know, you know it's you. Yeah, right. they they'll absolutely know it's you. So, if a, a uh, you know a very good FBI agent wanted to, he could you know call up Apple and say, "Hey, what IP address did he come from?" And then you know the VPN provider, depending on if they are a log or no log VPN, which we recommend no log VPNs, like going to GOG.show slash vpn and getting private internet access. Um, they may be able to trace back to you if the um, if the VPN provider is logging the IP address you connect to and the IP address that they assign you. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the that's the bridge. But if they are not logging, they can just see that you connected at some point and uh, they cannot tell which IP address you were giving or where you went.
2: Right. But it seems to me that this could uh, connect the dots of your identity unintentionally. Right. If you log Possibly. into an iCloud or Google, you know uh, an existing account, they could say, "Oh, this VPN user is this person I see," and then connect the dots to your unprotected communications and so on and so forth. I don't, so, I don't know. Uh, the,
0: I, it's it's a long shot because I mean I mean you're logging well, in with credentials when you go here, so they know it's you. It's you, right? But I guess I, I've I've heard
2: enough stories about nation state level hackers being having their locations revealed because that one time they forget to turn on the VPN. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that happens right. a lot. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> yeah. happens a lot. But they can so. also fingerprint your browser when you come in and you know they they fingerprint your browser based on one IP and then as you after you use the Turn off the VPN and browse normally to other websites that you go to or other different places. They could see that fingerprint, put the two together like they do with advertising all day long. So there's Mm -hmm. no guarantee anywhere. No, there's no
1: guarantee. I mean, uh, if there was, I mean, we even see this in the news right now about the Olympics where I think it was that the Korean athletes are being told to take burner phones, that VPNs on their phones aren't enough and all this other sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're never 100% safe. But I mean, you know, I, I think a faculty member uh traveling outside the US, you know, you're in the Bahamas, just load up your PIA, you'll be fine.
0: Yep. Yeah. And stop doing nefarious shit. Yeah, don't do nefarious
1: shit. <laughs> <laughs> now now. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of doing nefarious shit and uh, callback to earlier talking about how Google likes to lie about what they actually say they do. uh, Washington, D.C.'s attorney general is suing Google for deceiving users and invading their privacy. Now, this goes all the way back to 2014. Um, Much of this controversy was first talked about in 2018 when the Associated Press report identified that location tracking remains active regardless of user's choice. So, basically, Google has given you a big, dumb red button that does nothing, so you can hit it, thinking you're opting out, but they didn't really let you opt out, and they tracked you,
0: yeah, it's like the closed door button on an elevator, yeah
1: does nothing kind of uh
2: yes it- it's a distinction without a difference. Basically what's happening here is you could say, for example, in Google maps, you know, don't keep track of my location. But in other Google apps, they would still be keeping track, track, of, track of, your of your location. location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um we covered this on caveat this week actually, um, which should be out by the time this hits the uh the uh tubes. Um And uh, Ben thinks this is a big deal, particularly the fact that um, multiple states are coordinating Mm -hmm. on this. Um, Texas, Washington state and Indiana. uh, Ben pointed out that these are states with very different political slants. uh, And so the fact that they have all these attorneys general from these different states all simultaneously coming at Google independently – uh, means that they this is something they take seriously and they want to see go through. Ben also pointed out that it's going to take a long time. Yep.
0: Yeah, of course it will. But it's 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 good that uh, Ben's on the case. If Ben thinks it's a big deal, it's a big deal.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's what I go with. Yeah. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So if you want details, actual, actual informed details on this story rather than just me. Anybody you know, that listens to this show ass, doesn't want that. Right, with my ass facts, um, <laughs> to, yeah, check out Caveat where Ben actually provides an informed uh, conversation about this. And, and I nod and, and uh, <laughs> smile in agreement.
1: <clears throat> Coming next week, Dave's All new right. uh, podcast, Ass Facts.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we used to just say that. All like, I that was a phrase that we used a lot when I was in college. Say, say, is that true or is that an ass fact? <laughs> and an ass fact yeah. was a fact that you pulled out of your ass. Yeah. Say, why? Well, you know, that's a good question. That may just be an ass fact.
0: I think I definitely have a new show title. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> okay. We're moving on. Gog is dead. Welcome to Ass Facts. <laughs> yeah. I'm your host, Jason. <laughs> that's
2: it. The king of the ass facts. <laughs>
0: that's it. Uh, uh, before we leave, uh, Brian, last week you were having a little trouble uh, pronouncing Netanyahu's name. Yes. And I, I, I have a, I have a little mnemonic that I use that's very easy to remember. So every time you see it, you just go
1: Netanyahu,
0: <laughs> and it and
1: it pops right in your head.
2: Yeah. I'll start doing that on the Cyber Wire every day.
1: Well, given, given how often it comes up in my day-to-day life, that will be incredibly <laughs> useful. I know.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, gents. It's nice right. to
1: hear that Yahoo ad again, though. I got to admit. Yahoo!
0: Over at Patreon, we've got Curtis and Stuart writes in, Hey Grumps, I hope you're both well. Jason, I hope recovery is going well. I have another game book related thing to pimp. If that's at all possible, of course it is for you, Stuart. A, a, uh, a Patreon fan for us is always uh, worth pimping. Firstly, a game book is where you make choices and turn to different sections, kind of like a choose your own adventure, I'm guessing. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, I have written a game book called Rulers of the Now. It is a black comedy near future dystopian game book set in 2041. I am selling it for pay what you want on itch. I don't know what itch is, but uh, it's itch.io. Uh, we have a link to that in the show notes. So go and pick it up and support Stuart, who supports us.
1: Mm, that's right. And over at PayPal, we got Joseph, Mark, Al, Charlie, Thomas, and Humphrey. Thank you Thank very you. much. over at strike we've got ross roman and sean awesome thank you all so much we appreciate it and
0: uh shout outs this week uh meatloaf uh sad sad meatloaf is gone i worked uh worked on a meatloaf real audio demo back in the day back when you could trigger a frame from another frame from an audio stream that's how old it is bitches Mm (laughs) i believe it was in the 90s um yeah hard to feel sad for him because he, of he you made know, his choices. He made his choices. He definitely made his choices. So uh can't you know you gotta separate the the artist from the whatever. Um uh the bat from shit. The bat out of <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that it. it's uh this is a bat out of hell singer dies at seventy four. It should have said it been a bat shit, bat out of hell singer dies at seventy four. So oh, well. sad sad that he's gone. Um But uh, it's interesting
1: that I mean, obviously, I'm aware of the fact that he's had this massive music career, but he's two things to me. He's Rocky Horror Picture Show and he's Bitch Tits Bob. That's it. Yep,
0: that's kind of it. (laughs) But I I did like his music quite a bit. uh, So I got it. I got to go
1: with that. Okay. And uh, in other news, uh, Louis Anderson died. Comedian and Emmy winner was 68. Uh, If you are of a certain vintage like Jason and I, uh, he was unavoidable in the early 80s. He's still, he's, you can turn
0: the TV on and see him every single day now. He's on some horrible uh, game show. Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, a Vestige of another time for sure. But I have to say I am friends with quite a few comedians uh, and the eulogies and, and apparently just how generally lovely this man was has definitely shown through. Like apparently, I mean, just the nicest guy you would ever meet in your entire life. So it's always nice to see uh, that people like that are out there. Well, we're out there. We're, we're out there. Between him yeah. and Bob
0: Saget, we're, we're running low on old nice comedians. So,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> there we go. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 538. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode. As well as links to our swag and discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans you can also head over to gog.show contact and send us your feedback or questions we can read on the air and if you're so inclined please head over to gog.show review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars stay grumpy
0: you know how to book flights and hotels